Hebrew names of God. And I said, hang on, what? And so we, we started talking about it again, and I said, you, hang on. You. So I pulled out my phone, and I, I won't tell you it's from TikTok, but I, I had a song that has been wearing me out for about two weeks now, something that I had never heard. But it, it, it's just on repeat, and some of the stuff in my, sorry, we have a little one headed towards the door. <clears throat> yes, that's Javar. Um, sorry. ADD in case you didn't know. But this song has been on repeat and I say it out loud and, 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 and I was thinking that's how things are tying. So I did the next best thing and I said, man, I, I wish, I said, listen to this. He said, oh, that's good. So what do I do next? Because I'm not qualified to do a lot of those things. I walked to Sydney and Friday night and she was up on the ref thing. So it's not the right time for that. But the Lord says, we got to ask Sydney, have you ever heard of this? And I give you a night and a half to figure this out. And she said, I've been singing that for years. And I don't know if you guys understand how God works, but I know when God works like that, you are obedient. So I want to give you an opportunity to just, I'm not saying because the kids are gone, we can be a little more in our own headspace, but she's just going to sing a song for a minute. And I promise the word, but I'm trying to come up two weeks after the youth group did a phenomenal job in their youth service. Amen can go right there. That was a good time. Um, but I'm still stuck there. I want to tell you, I'm, I'm, still, I'm still stuck there in some of that stuff because I think it matters to know where our teenagers' hearts are. And um, so we, we, were, we were diving into a lesson, and I promise at some point this will end up in a lesson for you guys, I hope. If not, there's tacos downstairs. We all have that to look forward to. <laughs> Amen doesn't go right there. But so I, I I started seeing a theme, and I knew prior to them coming up here, some of them got very scared, some of them didn't speak, some of them their heart was burning, yet they didn't obey, and that, and that happens. It happens to us as adults. Um, but they all said something. So we went over them again last week, and I said, man, I'm super proud of you guys, and I love to know that's where your heart is at, that's where your mind is at. And so we went over them again, and I got to tell you, a lot of them, I'm going to go with 75% of them, started out in this theory that the, I would call it an undertone or an overtone, but somewhere in the midst of what their piece of scripture was. Now, for those of you that weren't here two weeks ago, now most of the teenagers spoke a piece of scripture that meant something to them, whether that's something that they had studied upon, something that they found two minutes beforehand, or something that is their life verse. It's, it's whatever. They spoke it out loud in front of you guys, and that's petrifying. Looking at y'all's face sometimes is nerve-wracking from a children's perspective or even an adult. But so I was thankful for that. And that, that tells me, you know, kind of where they are at. But I would say an undertone or an overtone or just subtly there in most of them was that I find peace and assurance that God is with me. There we go. <laughs> Amen. Definitely can go right there. And a lot of scripture says that, right? Perfect. And so I, I said, I, I like that. So Wednesday, we started to dive in to what that means. And um, I have three passages of scripture that I want to, I want to put a pin in for a minute. I'm going to be all over the place for a half a second while I figure this out with you. But so I have the vast majority of my teenagers finding peace and assurance that God is with me always. And a lot of that before that comes with do not be afraid, do not be dismayed, yada, 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 all of these things. And then I had one teenager, um, she wanted to be in the the um, Peter walking on the water with Jesus. And I don't have to read that whole passage for you, but I, you know what, I will, because I, I want to get there for myself. Uh, 
Matthew 14, somewhere in about 26. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, It is a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter answered, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, Come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. And verse 30 says, But when he saw the wind, pause. Um, I don't know how if y'all have ADD like I do, but we're going to do a thing right now. And I'm a visual listener, and that's just what's happening. I got a lot of stuff going on. So I want you to take that moment and that visual aspect of Peter walking on the water. He has just stepped out of the boat, and I want you to just pin it. I want you to put it on pause, and uh, if you need to, put it up over here somewhere, and we're going to try to come back to this here in a minute, right? Again, I'm going back to what my teenagers are thinking. So Peter is now out of the water. He saw Jesus. He knows it's Jesus. That's his hope and his trust, and I'm headed that way, and now he saw the wind and the waves. Pause that right there. And then one of the biggest ones that I absolutely thoroughly enjoy to hear an 18-year, I wouldn't pull this one out. When somebody says, hey, tell me a scripture that means something to you, I wouldn't pull this out. And I'm an adult by a couple of years. And I'm going to read the whole thing because it has got absolute value in it and i got plenty of time. Say amen. Thank you. Phil, that was your spot. You're all the way in the back. We're going to have to have it. All right, so Matthew 6, starting at verse 25. And now this is an 18-year-old. About to get ready to go to college, and I say, hey, speak a piece of scripture that means something to you. Tell me if this would come out with you. 25 says, therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life. Some of y'all are already like, yeah, nope. I am not reading that aloud because that ain't easy. Uh, 25 says, therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, nor about your body. What you will put on is life not more than food and the body more than clothing. Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Some of y'all, it's it's hitting right now. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life. And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. Here's the point. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. (coughs) So I tell you, we ended up on a Wednesday night, and I, and I want to dive deeper, right? So it is my job with your children in the little bit of time that I have them to deepen their faith, to get them deeper into the Word and have them understand better. And I felt bad for a minute because the answers were not real deep, but if the vast majority of them said, I find, uh, I find peace and assurance that God is with me always, and they all agreed, and I said, okay, so what's that mean? got to being a little bit of crickets. I said, well, what good is it? 
I like to play, I don't want to use the word devil's advocate because that sounds terrible, especially from up here, but I, I like to give the other side because our children are going to be saying things out loud, whether it's, in their, whether it's in their sports life or in their public education system life, and they're going to say things and people are going to go, I don't care. I don't want to hear about that. Your God's not real. Why are you in that? Whatever. So it is my job to continue pressing them backwards. So I, I asked them all, I said, what does it mean? What good is it when you're having a bad day that God is with you? God's with me having a bad day too. And I wasn't trying to be mean to them, but I'm trying to go, we have got to dive into the basis of your faith because when you understand that your faith can't be shaken and you understand that God is with you and that it has meaning, you can trust in that and you're not worried about anything else. Well, that's a hard thought process for a teenager. You agree? We'll say it again. Why? Because life is not easy, right? The world around us wants to press against that and say, you're going down, right? So here we are. We've still got Peter over here. He's seeing life around him, right? And now we've got this other one. So we've got the, the subtext of God is good because he is with us always, so everything is fine. Raise your hand if, if on a normal Tuesday afternoon, everything can always just be fine because God is with us. No, not at all. That's a hard thing to grasp. Raise your hand if, if, therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life is the easiest thing for you to say out loud. <laughs> Nobody? All right, fantastic. We are in the same boat. Not the one that Peter's in because he got out of it because he's over here, remember? Y'all still visualizing that? All right, at least I got half of you. But where are all the aubers? Squirrel. All right. So do not be anxious about your life is not easy. So how in the world is an 18-year-old teenager saying that? Big thing to say. So what does it mean then to seek first the kingdom of God? So I had to go back to every which one of them, and we have to start talking about the promises of God. And I am, listen, I am thankful that the Spirit is indwelling inside of our praise team. Songs were picked this morning. They didn't call me and say, hey, what are you preaching on? Usually I'd be playing, but they didn't, they didn't ask, what are you preaching on? And, and, and I want to match a song up so the words match up to you. Um, Allie, what is the bridge... Stephen, you're not there. What was the bridge of, sorry, thanks. Um, the bridge of build my life said what? Because I didn't know she was singing that till this morning, but everything compounds on one another. I think worship is great. Raise your hand if you agree with that. Uh, I think, <laughs> that's right. My wife doesn't like it. Well, she told me before she walked out, she goes, no jokes. We're not talking about Mexican or none of those things. So she's not going to watch the repeat of the live stream. It's okay, but... No jokes, right? We don't, we don't do that. I, I do ha listen, I, I have two pages of notes because I, I find that God's word is so good. And, and oftentimes we have a hard time and struggle with the world and anxiety and believing that God is who God is or who God says that he is in his word throughout all of our times. Do you agree with that? Every day, every moment, somebody is in a trial. Somebody is Peter walking on the water that has a word from God, can see him. God says, get out of the boat, and he did. Some of y'all have made that first step, but you quit looking for a minute and said, that's not good. The problem is we sung about the names of God from the Old Testament. And so I, I was forced and I was blessed at the same time. Uh, it's going to sound awkward. 
when I use the names of God, the Hebrew names of God, I've always felt like that's some apostolic Pentecostal feeling. Like I've heard, thank you, at least two of y'all know exactly where I'm coming from. I've heard these names for years. I don't say them. I always felt like it was weird until Luke and I start talking, the Holy Spirit starts imploring on me, and it becomes the answer to how to know that God is with you always. That's the power of the Spirit. Even in your youth pastor, something that I've read a million times, probably not a million, that's a lot, a lot of times and said, I feel weird about that, right? So, so I started studying some of, there's 25, 30 of them, and they're amazing. But right now, in today's society, we use names just to define who we are. They don't, they don't hold as much significance. But the word God in the Old Testament is used a lot. The problem is, in Hebrew, the word God is translated multiple different ways depending on where it's at. And it's got to have its context. And I believe that we can go backwards to understanding who God is based on the word that was used for God. And we have to study our Bible to know that. We have to have his word to know how to go back into the promises. I used to always feel bad when somebody would say, I pray back to God the promises that he made. I declare the promises God made to me to him. And my heart always said, well, that's dumb. Why you do that? He already said it. He didn't forget it. No, no, no. He wants to know that you know that he is your provider. Yes, that's right. So we have to start at the beginning. Genesis 1.1 said, and God created. Well, that God in Hebrew is Elohim, right? Elohim, you have to start there. If we don't even talk about any others yet, we have to figure out that definition. And it was used a lot of times. And, and it is large because Elohim created something from nothing. If you, if you watch enough YouTube and enough science, they believe that a bang happened from nothing and pff, everything perfect happened. And that's not true. That big bang was Elohim speaking it. He was outside of time, space, and matter. And listen, I'm going to scratch the surface of this. I implore you. I found so much fun over the past couple of days diving into Old Testament understanding about the God that we have right here that indwells inside of us. Raise your hand if you understand what I mean, that when you get saved, you get indwelled with the Spirit of God. There we go. One of those three trinities. So that means all of the power that you read about in the Bible that possesses in God is also accessible in you. Wait, 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 one more time. All of that power that we, I'm going to go over here this time because y'all are doing good. Oh, I didn't look at y'all. That was bad. <laughs> All of the power that is possessed in the Bible in God is actually living and residing inside of you. Good enough. That means that when we're not around people, it's still accessible. That means that I know what's happening and I can get to it. So when things are happening, let's go back over here because Peter's out here. So Peter... Y'all's picture, I, I still, it's in my head. I, I'm, I see y'all three back here, all four of you. Those are my teenagers. Listen, I'm, I'm on the high with y'all right now. We're, we're talking good. Life is fine. Don't make me come back here. So we got Peter up here, and he starts to see a little turmoil in life, but he sees God. So he doesn't have the indwellment of the Holy Spirit. He's walking on water with him. How many of y'all would like to have done that? That was a segue. I, there's no right or wrong answer, but that's epic. I don't know. The water skiing was, God, that's legit. 
All right, where are we going? Oh, Elohim. We, we have to understand that. Um, his name is to be hallowed. How do we know? Because the word says how we pray. Our God how, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Does anybody know what the word hallowed means? What? Sure. Anybody else? I'm going to use this time to take a drink while y'all answer. Hmm? Oh, come on, you can't scream it from the back and nobody here. All right, the word hallowed means to be sacred, to be set apart. Um, that's the context that which it is to be in there. Um, so Genesis 1.1, uh, the being of God created outside of time, space, and matter. He spoke time, he spoke ma- space, he spoke matter into existence. That's the God we serve. Yeah, that's right. Infinitely big. So over here, we're, we're still talking about problems, and over here, our 18-year-old brings up that we're not going to be anxious about anything. Not the easiest thing in the world to just, those two things don't go together because those waves are big and the wind is strong, amen? <coughs> those waves are big and those winds are strong in 2023 and in the turmoils of your life. Yeah. We got all kinds of things happening, things that you won't tell your neighbor about, things that other people know about, things that are personal that you won't tell your husband about. Like there is things happening in life that are between you and God and you need to take back to the foot of the cross. You see, I don't have to ask it there. All right, so let's keep on to these names. Yahweh is the Hebrew name for meaning I am. I am. We have to get back to the sufficiency of God for a minute. And, and, and I promise as I figure out how to land this plane in a little bit, the point is going to be how we deal in those tri- trials of life knowing that God is the only thing that we need. It's not the easiest thing to do because a lot of times as a husband, as a father, I turn to self. I turn to I, not I am. I try to figure it out. I try to make it work. I, I try to take it onto my own accord of my own devices. That, that's, my, that's my thing. El Shaddai, another name of God, means all-sufficient one. Somebody say amen that God is all-sufficient. The word sufficient is big. All I need. It's hard to say out loud, right? No? Yes, yes, yes. God is all-sufficient, so says his word. Here's the cool part. I, I'm not making any of this up. This wasn't just a Google search to tell you what I want it to mean. This is what the Word of God says. The characteristic and the nature of Christ himself in his Word says who is the creator of our life, who is the one that we run to when things are not happening correctly. My favorite, there's songs about this now. This is the Pentecostal feeling peace. Somebody says, Jehovah Jireh. I've heard it for years. I've heard it for years, and I always thought that it feels weird. I've never prayed out loud and spoke the name Jehovah Jireh back to God, but man, I guarantee you he is pleased if I do. Because that says, Lord, the Lord will provide Abraham understands Jehovah Jireh. He named that place on Mount Moriah where he didn't have to put that sword through his son. Right? There we go. Yeah, you're getting it now, right? So he names that place Jehovah Jireh. My God will provide. Some of y'all this morning need a little of that Jehovah Jireh in what's happening in your situations. 
You don't have to say amen. That's a, that's a thing where your heart's going to start burning in a minute because God's going to say, I am that for you. That doubt that you've got, that problem that you've got, I am that provider. I have the power as Elohim in your life to finish that work that you don't see a way for. Raise your hand if there's something in your life right now. Yeah, yeah, we're doing it anyway. Raise your hand if there's something in your life that you believe you don't see a way to the end and you are not happy about the circumstance that sits. It's a weird question. That's a yes probably for everybody. And if not, guess what? Get, get, get ready. Look around. Get ready. I mean, because if everything is hunky, I guess we have to have the mountaintops to have valleys in between, something like that. So there we go. All right, so Jehovah Jireh, he is my provider. Jehovah Rapha is the God who heals. <laughs> we don't have to say that out loud this morning, but there, there are some of y'all that need to find a way to get into your quiet place and pray and pray. Jehovah Rapha, your word says you will heal. Yeah, yeah. It's where we're at. Those are the names given in Hebrew, so much greater than just saying the word God. Brett, I lied to you. Last night, my wife won because Justin doesn't cry. Boom, a lot of guys fibbed last night. I want you all to know. We won't, we won't segue on that. All right. Jehovah Rapha, my God who heals. We need to pray that. Those words need to come out loud. As you, if you're an old timer, they used to use the word steal away and pray. I never did understand what that means until I did. We need to get away into a quiet place and pray out loud and proclaim that name. Listen, it's rough. I'm not even going to lie to you. I still have a hard time saying out loud, God, I'm going to tell you what your word says so you do it in my life. God knows what his word says, but he wants us to say it out loud to him, saying that I understand what your word says and the sovereignty and the rule and the reign that you've got in my life, you I understand that. He wants to hear us say that. Jehovah Nisi, the Lord is my banner. It's the name that proclaims God's declaration and promise to always protect his children and deliver them from their foes. Amen? Thank you. Jehovah Shalom. Yeah, yeah. How many of y'all would like that this morning? Let's do that. Raise your hand if you would like to have the Lord of peace flood over your life at this absolute present moment. Yeah. Some of y'all got them in your pockets, and that's okay. But I promise you, when there is peace abounding in your life, it is the greatest feeling on earth. It's hard. I'm going to get out of those notes for a minute. I'm going to stand on these for a second. I like to listen to a lot of things on the internet. I like to watch a lot of different pastors. I like to watch a lot of different worship teams. I, 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 I surround my life because I have, um, I have the glorious ADD that doesn't allow me to focus well. It's, it's not fun, um, but it's who God made me. It's what I've got. 
I, I don't know how to get rid of it, so there it is. Um, so I watch a lot of things to take in. So my ears and my eyes, uh, when I read the Bible, I read it on my iPad, um, and I make the guy with the coolest, like, monotone voice, I make him talk to me into my AirPods, and then I read along. Because if my eyes are reading it and my ears are hearing it, I can't hear all those songs happening in the background. I just can't. I, it, it's where it's at. <coughs> So I heard a guy, and he said something, and it sparked my interest, and he said the word hope. I love the word hope. Y'all like the word hope? How many of y'all hope? Who's playing in the Super Bowl? Who? The Chiefs. How many of y'all hope the Chiefs win? Your, one hand is sufficient, sir. How many of y'all hope the who's the other one? How many of y'all hope the Eagles win? Cool. Good enough. Listen, we, <coughs> we don't have to get over here with Peter on the, in, in the weeds for a minute, but, but what this pastor said is we use the word hope today incorrectly. Society or the worldview of the word hope is a whole lot more like a wish. The word hope as we use it today has good biblical origins, but we use it more in the term wish. And, and I, I'm going to read these because it, it makes sense. The strength of the word hope that is used in today's society is only based on the strength of the person's desire. That's not a hope. That's not a biblical hope. That's a wish. That's a wish. That's more I wish my team wins because that's my desire. Biblical hope is deeper than a wish. Biblical hope comes springing out of all of those names of God that we talked about in the Old Testament. Biblical hope comes into where God's word says, do not be anxious about anything. Biblical hope sits over here with Peter as he has stepped out of the boat and the world around him is crashing and there is problems and Jesus is just out there. Biblical hope sees what's happening because Jesus said it. So biblical hope is deeper than a wish. What biblical hope is a confident expectation. I don't have a confident expectation about anything to do with the Super Bowl. I got none. I don't care. Doesn't matter to me personally. Doesn't matter. There is no confident expectation. Why? Because I haven't spoken. So biblical hope is a confident expectation, not on what I said, but on what God said. Here we go. Full circle. God sufficient? Sorry, that was a question out loud. Is God sufficient? Yes. I'm going to do it. I'm going to pause for a second. Sydney, I, I, I know, I know. Um, so I, you know I, I like worship music, and, and, and I, want to, I want to end here in a minute. Sufficient for, listen, I've got two songs playing in the back of my mind, and, and I'm, I'm going to give you a glimpse into my mind. I am preaching the Word of God to a hundred and something people right now, and I have two songs playing in the back of my mind that hit what's going on in this word that, that are coming to me now, and I don't like any part of it, but I can't change it. And I won't ask you for the first one. Let me give you a little story. It's only noon. I didn't tell them we'd be down there by noon. So when I was a young youth pastor, and he's not here today, so it's okay. Uh, I won't too much cry about it. When I was a young youth pastor, I had a kid that was perfectly healthy, ends up with lymphoma, cancer, 13 years old. How old was he when it happened? 14, 15, something like that. I ain't ready for that. I ain't ready for that. I'm not ready to be the youth pastor to have to talk to his friends about that sort of thing. It's not what I wanted. Uh, it, it was not, not the greatest thing in the world. But through that whole thing, 
Through that whole thing, he is cancer-free today. Somebody say amen. There's that Jehovah Rapha. Somebody say amen. But throughout that whole thing, listen, there was one time, this is me back in the day because I didn't know what else to do. Uh, He was in his hospital bed, and I thought the best thing that I could do to preach to him, we had a live stream when it was not a cool thing. We had a live stream, and I sang, and this is not my jam, I sang the Crab Family Through the Fire straight into that camera lens, straight into his hospital bed, hoping that he understands that the God of the Bible never said it's going to be easy. He never said it's going to be easy. He'll take you through that fire. Why? Because he is Elohim. He is Jehovah Rapha, Jehovah Nisi. My banner, my peace, there will come a time. So in the back of my mind as I am preaching this, Sydney, I'm not going to ask you to sing through the fire unless you want to. But what I would like is um, sufficient for today. You tell me. What's your, yeah. So both of them are epic, but I need you to understand. I'm going to land it with this as she's figuring out what, what ends. And just so it's not awkward um, Terry, the sufficient for today is probably just her because it would be weird. I know we talked, we talked about that. Um, but I have to have you leaving. I need to, here, here's the thing. I, I have all of this information that has plagued me leading up to this morning. And how do I take all of these things and bring it together? And that's hope. We get up every morning. We read the word of God. We have got to have hope, but we can't have the hope that is the wish. We have to have the hope that is the expectation. I have it written down. Confident expectation, not on what I said, but we have to have that hope on the confident expectation of what God said. Amen? That has to be a burning understanding that it is living inside of us, that hope that no matter what my crisis is, there has to be a hope. And I hope y'all can still see. I hope. I wish. I did it myself. You have to see Peter over here into the waters around him. He has to have enough hope based on God said, come out here. But he took his eyes off of Jesus and he's going down. That happens every day in our lives. Somebody say amen there. We love to get out of the boat. See, because we're blood-bought, born-again believers in Jesus Christ. And it's easy to know our God here. It's easy to know our God here in the boat. Yes, We got a little bit of protection of the boat, but boom, I see my God and I say, that is you. If that's you, I'm going to come out there. And he says, come out. It's easy for us. The faith that it takes to take that first step out of the boat is hard. But now I got my eyes fixed on Jesus, author, perfecter of our faith, right? But it only takes two steps for Monday to come. Ooh, big circle. Oh, I like that. I like that. That's a Luke thing. that's a Ben Sins heritage thing. That's that Monday morning kind of faith thing. Sunday afternoon here with God, yes. Sunday afternoon with God's people here, it's easy to feel that assurance that you've got in Christ. But that's tomorrow morning when you got to go to work and you're surrounded by people that want to be the wind and the waves and all of that turmoil around you. Yeah, that, that's, that's when you take it off of Christ. So we've got to have that hope. So let's go back to, to my kids. God is with me always. Did you pick one? All right, come on with it. You can give the nod to Ray or to Terry or to your husband if, if you need a little help. If not, um, we're just going to end on it. Which one did you pick? 
Oh, I know which one that is with that dirty look. The, <coughs> somebody look at Sydney and say, amen for being obedient to God. So you're singing through the fire. Oh, okay. So you're singing sufficient for today. Perfect. So we will land the plane on that stand if you don't mind. Uh, Stephen, sufficient for today is the song. So here's my, here's my point. 